0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown.
1: Hey, welcome to Zion Podcast, the Breakthrough Breakdown. What's up? This is Jason. <laughs> Olmstead John Hopple.
0: And Kate Hopple. <gasps> oh, oh, hey. Must be married. Oh, I know.
1: it's the newlyweds sitting next to each I know. other. Be hey, careful. stop. No PDA. I get it. You're married now. I can't see. Wets. It's fine.
0: It's the, the worst kind <laughs> of married does. couple. <laughs> the
1: worst, the PDA married couple. Yeah. It's like, dude, we get it. You're newlyweds. Yes. Well, I, okay, I, for so one,
0: love
2: that. You love it. It's ordained by God, okay? Oh, thank you. It's a good thing we're
1: talking about forgiveness because. <laughs> okay, so just because some people in the podcast world are listening, Tell us about the honeymoon. You guys um, went to Disney World, right?
0: It was the coolest thing that Favorite I've ever done. to Favorite do. ride was the teacups,
1: right? Yeah, I actually
0: <laughs> refused to do, I'm going to get backlash, I'm sure, but I refused to do It's a Small World.
1: No, I no. every human being should refuse to do it. I
0: that. know. I was like, that's a waste of time. I don't want to do You do it do one
1: time with your child so they know how horrible it is and no. then they get to pass it down to their children. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, if I was going to, like, uh, torture my child, but he didn't get to go on our honeymoon, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> wow, you are doing honeymoons way different than I do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we, I rode Everest Twice, Um, and Animal Kingdom was my favorite. That's my highlight. Mm
3: -hmm. And I kind of expected that, but uh, it was still fun to uh, kind of show. I've been to Disney World before, so... Showing uh, so,
2: showing wow, Kate someone's around. Fancy.
1: I've yeah. been there I before yeah, yeah. so many right. times.
2: He's actually friends with Walt Disney himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the frozen body of Walt Disney. I his head. Just <laughs> his...
1: <laughs> this is an adult only podcast, Sorry, right? Guys. Is... <laughs> so, uh, <But> it, <laughs> it was fun to see her uh, reactions to a lot of the stuff. Well, you actually said that. That was why you were taking her, so that she, you wanted to see her face. Yeah. yeah. So, had she already been, you probably would have picked somewhere else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we had the happiest day of her life getting married, and he took me to the happiest place in the world.
1: So, Zion, that's what we his to arms. Our in Clear Lake, Iowa. And then we
0: left from that place and went to, <laughs> to Disneyland. <go-to>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and then we don't want to spend all, I mean, no. obviously, this is not the point of the podcast, but um, so you did Star Wars Land and you did yeah. Pandora. Yeah. Okay. Which is better?
0: Personally, hmm. I say Pandora. I think Pandora
3: was a lot of fun just because in the middle of it, they have, um, they recreated the floating islands that they traveled that to amazing? in the movie. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just looking at it going, who was the engineer that got to design that? It was that? incredible. Like, it
0: was yeah. an engineering marvel. And,
1: and the, the ride, Pandora ride, itself, is amazing. Was, I haven't yeah. gotten to do Star Wars yet.
0: We didn't get to do all of them because of COVID restrictions. There was like a virtual queue, so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which it was kind of nice, though. The crowds weren't bad yeah. because of COVID restrictions, and it felt, it still felt really safe and nice. So that's that awesome. Cool.
1: All right. Well, let's get to it. I mean, I've, anyway, I've read, yeah, sorry. That, that's not why people are here, but, you know, we do care about you, and that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on <laughs> the honeymoon and the wedding. All right. Well, we are continuing our series, God Is, at Zion at the Park during the summer. And last week, Derek, uh, our executive pastor, preached on God is our provision, and that God fills our physical and spiritual needs. But I, I think one of the things in the sermon read-through that, that we talked about this past week is that disciples don't just ask God to do these things in the world. They want God to do these things in them. Yeah. And I, real quickly, before we get into this Sunday's message, what do you think, what's the difficult part in when it comes to things like God's generosity? What do you think is the difficult part for Christians in saying, instead of just going to God asking for things, Asking God to do those things in them. What's What do you think is the hardest part about that?
0: I think it's hard if you go out about praying the ask. You're asking for something where it's like the vending machine or the genie kind of God. Where it's like, I don't have to do anything but ask and you shall receive. That idea gets twisted into thinking that, oh, my part's done now. Oh, God, yeah. you're so big. You just take care of it. And I don't ever have to think about it again. Where you know the disciples—that idea of like, no, I want you to do something in me. Do this. Call these hard things out in me, God, and let me do the let me do the hard work of becoming more like you.
1: Becoming more generous, like yes. you. yes, mm-hmm. uh, and, le- and that's hard work. We don't want to do that. Shane Claiborne talks about being the answer to your own prayer. Um,
0: oh, cool.
1: And that's a hard thing. I mean, it's so much easier to go and say pray over somebody and say, oh yeah, I pray that God gives you a meal today instead of maybe God saying, maybe you're the one who's supposed to bring him the meal.
0: Oh Uh, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's, that's kind of the idea is that maybe you are the answer to your own prayer instead of, and that's if you have means, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, when we look at it this week, we're actually talking about a part of the prayer that whenever, and we said this on Sunday, whenever things are going to get off the rails, it's right here because different churches say this part differently. It's the forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. But here at Zion, we say trespassers, trespasses, and tre- those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> now you didn't go to church growing up. Which, no. Did you only know the trespass version?
0: I actually, my mom grew up in a like Trinity Lutheran church, okay. and she said debtors. Oh, she
1: said debtors. Okay. How about you? Debtors as well. Hope, debtors? It was always trespass for me. Trespass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard her I, being Baptist, it was sin. Sin. Yeah. So, forgive us our sins and those who sins sin against heard, us. I feel I like that's
0: that. very like non-denominational
1: as well. Yeah, I, I think some of the, sometimes these words can be kind of like they're all essentially the same thing, but they communicate very different things. Uh, I mean, the word sin is the most prominent word in the Bible when talking mm-hmm. about sin. The word hamartia in the Greek and it means a sin, offense, and it actually can also mean a debt. Uh, um, immorality, all those kind of things—that feels
0: more all-encompassing. It is.
1: It's like we call them in the, the theological world. We call it a junk drawer. Type. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like cool. anything having to do with sin, you just pile it in that drawer called sin, and there it is, right? Um, sometimes when we think about this idea of sin missing the mark, uh, we know that you know it talked about archers, but actually in reality, archery was a pretty new thing. It was usually slingshots. Mm-hmm. and those type of things and missing the mark. But the idea is, is that you're setting out to do something and unless you hit a perfect bullseye, you never do it perfectly. Yeah. And you're always going to miss the mark. Um, is there, are there any limitations to the word sin in our world today that, that come to mind for you? And I'll, I'll speak up one for me. Like I have friends who are like, well, I, I'm not that bad. And so in their mind, it's like, well, sin yeah. is this, like perfection is this huge dot that as long as you're anywhere on the dot, you're okay. Yeah. And it's only like rapists and murderers. That's what it means to miss That's the That's a mark. sinner. That's right. a sinner. I mean, one of them, they're sinners, right? Yeah. When you think about our culture today, what problems are with the word sin?
0: I had somebody give that conversation once where I was like, oh, it feels like a sin. And they're like, well, there's a difference between sin and preference like you might, have a, <laughs> you might have a preference but just because you don't prefer to hear or receive something in a way doesn't mean that person's sinning against you
1: how about how about you Hope?
2: well for me i think lying comes to mind first you know we, it's a white lie yeah it's a white lie it's just um, oh it, it makes them feel better if i lie to them like it's there's no morality uh, with lying or with your words with as I long as like,
1: it doesn't cause harm
2: right yeah then a lie is it's whatever. It's fine.
1: So interestingly, there is an argument that there's a, dis- a distinction between deception and lying. So That feels gross. No, no, no. And actually, <laughs> biblically, there's some evidence of this. Check huh. this out. In Joshua, when they go to Storm Jericho, the prostitute Rahab lies or deceives and says, no, I haven't hmm. seen them, to protect them. And one of, the, one of the illustrations they use is somebody broke into your house and said, where are your children? Would you tell them? And would it be the morally right thing to do to say, "Well, my children are in the bedroom"? You say, I, mm. "My children are are away at a sleepover." Yeah. that's deceiving, because the intention is not to lie; it's deception for the sake of the better good. Now all of a sudden, no, like hopes, like uh, I don't, yeah, know, yeah right.
2: Yeah. Well, when you <laughs> okay, maybe like, I retract my gross statement. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's well, in context? I mean, if yeah. you're deceiving right. to get personal gain, that's a completely different. Thing. I feel
0: it's a, like sin is like a heart issue. Like you can. To protect your family and sin, like, but then there's also the, like, well, I'm not sinning if I omit information. That is deception as well. That- Just, I didn't flat out lie. But you didn't tell me the whole truth. That's And,
1: and it's different when you're doing it for self-preservation yeah. or if you're doing it to preserve somebody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, my, <laughs> I'm going to. OK, so in my younger years as a married man. Oh, yeah. Keep, keep <laughs> track of this, John. I'm you listening. can learn from my stupidity. <laughs> in my younger years, my wife would ask me an honest question and I'd answer honestly. Dun, dun, dun. And and, and so then one of the things I would say is don't ask me an honest question if you don't want an honest answer. And what she wanted to know is do I do I think she's beautiful? Not is the dress beautiful? Sure. And I had to learn the hard way, and my wife also got to learn the hard way. <laughs> so that if no one here can see this, but they're looking at each other, and Kate's like Aw. Kate's glaring at me for some reason.
0: <laughs> you should tell him about my earrings. I
2: was gonna. Oh say. yeah, it yeah. Sounds okay.
0: like a it sounds
3: like an actual moment here that might have happened. Again. Here we go. All right, so Kate, one day, I don't know how long we've been dating for. <laughs> it was probably last a week. while. <laughs> it was <laughs> that last long, week maybe, I don't know. And she comes in to the living room of of her house and she says to me, she's like, "Hey, um, do you like my earrings?" And she got some brand new earrings. And I looked at them and I went, "Oh, yeah, those are interesting earrings." You didn't say, "Yeah," you didn't say,
0: "Yeah." <laughs> you said "interesting." Oh, those are interesting.
3: Yeah, which is short mm. for not at all.
0: I was like, that is not a complimentary term, so. No. <laughs> so
3: then we got into, then we got into a little bit of a of a is of it a interesting debate.
0: positive or interesting negative? Well, that's that's when
3: we started using it. So I was like, no, 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 no. It was a positive thing. It really was. I was like, those are some interesting earrings. <laughs> <was a> <laughs> See recovery. that you
2: just said a completely different thing, even just oh, with your inflection. It's not what you say;
3: it's how perhaps, you say it, John. Perhaps looking back, it was <laughs> it was my tone that uh, that didn't work out. That gave you away. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the earrings. I really thought they were uh,
1: some really good looking earrings. So we're, we're all pretty familiar with the term sin. I mean, it's a pretty common one. But how often we say the word debt or trespasses. And mm-hmm. this past Sunday, we kind of dug into those and, and what they actually reveal to us. Um, when we think about debt, there's that story in Luke chapter 7 of the prostitute. And we talked about this on Sunday. Prostitute comes and anoints Jesus's feet. First, she weeps at his feet. Mm-hmm. And her tears wash the dirt and muck and the animal feces, all the gunk that had been there. Her tears wash that away. And then she dries it with her hair. And then she kisses his feet and anoints him with an alabaster oil. And Jesus tells that very beautiful but poignant story of the one who's been forgiven much.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, if, if John and I, let's say I, I had a million dollars forgiven and John had $50 forgiven, mm-hmm. who's going to be more Grateful for the debt being removed. Yeah. Oh, 50 bucks. Oh, cool. Not, Thanks. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But a million dollars, I mean, that's, that's a life changer. Yeah. Um, this idea that indebtedness, I, I guess one of the things that struck me, and I've taught, I've taught this in my Lord's Prayer class that I've done over the years, but we don't often think about how sin leaves us in debt. So not when sure. I hurt somebody or I step on somebody's dignity or worth, I owe them an apology have you guys ever had moments in your life when you realized that you owed something to somebody that maybe and it wasn't intentional? I mean, I think most of us here never try to hurt people. Yeah. But maybe you've had that moment where maybe you said something or did something that you didn't realize in that moment. It stole from them.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like stealing joy or it's like taking away someone's light in their life, in their day. Oh, yeah. and it's like you just kind of, you take a little bit of their joy and their happiness. You know, misery loves company. Yeah. And that's when I find myself doing that the most is when I, oh. my feelings are in the way. I am bulldogging around because I am just grumpy and angry. You know, John said my earrings were interesting. So I'm going to come in and be sassy with hope for the day. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and, and we talk about, I mean, stealing dignity. Mm. Uh, and I think it was in our staff meeting this week. We're ta- uh, we had the conversation about women. Mm-hmm. And yeah, say more about because we were talking about women in leadership. And yes, I, and, and I got to tell you, um, you know, I think Jesus was a feminist. I think he was one of the first feminists because he gave value and worth to women in a culture that women had no voice. Yes, yes. the first women. ones to the tomb. were It could have women. been
0: dangerous for him.
1: Well, it probably was. I mean, yeah, you look honestly. at who he when had. He <laughs> he, he, did, he did die. He was killed. So. <laughs> like, oh, wait. Did you just say it could have been dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. But he,
0: even like the single act of it, but it was like, oh, wait, he knew how it was going to end anyway. Right. So yeah, I was like, was I'll not... talk
1: to women. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so in part of our culture, like I think one of the things that happens, and again, the point of this podcast isn't feminism or women's rights or any of that. But as women, have you found that sometimes your dignity is taken away because we live in a pretty masculine world? Yeah, we I just I totally opened a loaded no, card. I love of it. right yeah. there. Hope and
0: I both have very similar uh personalities where it's like being told to rein it in. Talk about that, Hope, like how you've been sh- told that.
2: Right. Like I was I was just telling Kate this past week, you know, sometimes I'm too big or loud or, you know, too exuberant for people and a lot of times for for women it's how you're you're really emotional or you're you're just a lot to handle. Mm. And I have Honestly, never heard a man ever receive those same words. Yeah. But I've heard plenty of women being told to rein it in, to calm down, to, yeah. you know, monitor your emotions. And and that, it, it's it's hard to internalize that of, yeah. of having someone, like you said, steal your joy or, you know, steal your happiness.
1: Um, well, so can I ask, is it, is it less about stealing happiness and more of it's it's robbing a part of how God created yeah. you? Yeah.
0: It's almost like they kind of put a little bit of darkness over your light.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. You know. And I think I think that's one of the things that um, uh, at a GLS, that's Global Leadership Summit. For yeah. those who aren't familiar with it, um, and I, I don't remember who it was that talked about it, but he said that when little girls, if a girl has is a really authoritarian, they call him bossy. But if mm-hmm. a young man is or a young boy is, he's a leader. Yes. And and it, and again, I think through these things, and often uh, people will say things that they think are funny or coy or even stereotypical, and it can. It, I think it actually can take away from the identity. And I think sometimes... It's really
0: I, destructive.
1: I wonder if that's where some of that deadness is, is someone is made in the image of God and you just stole some of the beauty that God created that person mm-hmm. to be yeah. through your words or through your actions. Oh, if
0: you think of like the imagery of like, God is constantly making us this new creation, right? Especially when we're in Christ, we're a new creation and we're kingdom building and we're a part of that kingdom here on earth that's being built. And every time you say that destructive thing to someone, you take one of their kingdom bricks away. Mm, And you build them down. We're supposed to, the church is supposed to edify, build each other up, build one another up, value one another above yourself. It's constantly this upward momentum language in the Bible and the disciples talking and working with one another. And when we don't do that, you're tearing someone down.
1: Well, I I think even in, oh, go ahead, Hope.
0: Oh, I was just
2: going to say alongside that, like, because we are made in the image of God, you know, male or female, we are made in the image of God. Amen. And when we do, you know, destruct each other, that's really saying that the image of God is less than. And well, here's two boy moms. Like, don't be talking right, bad yeah.
0: about boys. Well, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Said, you
1: just said something. I don't know if you caught it. Like, what's that called? The conjunction you said, or boy or girl, yeah. man or woman. But it's man and woman are both made in the image of God. Right, yeah. Fact, yeah. it's not an either or. We need both to fully complete. Yeah. This hey, imitate, men right? men are
0: just in the as value. We can talk about women's rights, absolutely, but don't devalue the man and absolutely to in our do culture that. That's like, yes. right. I, I
1: I think that's what's happening now. Part of our culture is there in some ways we're actually stealing from the masculinity of how God has called men. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I grew up without a dad and because of that and, and it is what it is. Yeah. But there were certain aspects of masculinity that I didn't understand and I yeah. always felt like I was less than mm. because it's like when I was a kid, my friends were all listening to Pink Floyd and Metallica and Led Zeppelin, oh, all great and bands. I was rocking out to Shaw Day and Whitney Houston and Basha. Also, great. I'm like seven years old, singing Smooth Operator, okay? Oh. And, but right. I mean, even so I think about some of the lies that we tell on men is masculinity looks this way. Yes. Like, John, you're in yeah. theater, and I, mm-hmm. we've had conversations about this. There are stereotypes about men in theater oh right. theater dance even just choir
3: in general like i remember my high school you know the the girls outnumber the guys like five to one yeah. which
1: if you're a smart dude <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: his wife is sitting <laughs>
2: right yeah, there a long
0: time to get this good one but i mean
1: like in high school like just if you're if you're if you're yeah. wondering can i find a girlfriend that's a that's a great place.
0: To-
1: <laughs> you yeah. got so many options so here. So many <laughs> options. <It's> a-
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, of course. I never thought that at all. No, you never thought <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> so, but it's it's true. There's just kind of like a stereotype with guys that any of the the fine arts stuff is just inherently less valuable than if you say play a sport or if you are I don't know doing something that is more that along that line, you know, it's just kind of, kind of eyebrow raising to some, like,
1: which
0: is so weird to think about though. You know, if you think of theater and how it really started, women were not actors.
1: No, it was always men. It was always men. Well, but even when we talk about debt and that's why we brought this up. Yes. And I I didn't want to get into a whole rabbit trail on (laughs) male and female stuff, but I think part of our, our culture is we don't realize the debt like when, when somebody says, well, I don't know that I've ever struggled with this. Well, have you ever had a stereotype or have you ever said something to somebody and not realized you may have stolen a part of their identity or a part of their security because you, you made a statement that either you thought was funny or um, it was shaped by culture? I mean, I think about racism, the stuff within racism, how all the stuff that goes into that. And that's that idea of debt is… When I take something from somebody, their dignity, their worth, their value, their honor, as well as sometimes their physical stuff. Yeah. Like there's literally a debt owed. And yeah. this idea of when you forgive them, it's like, okay, you came to faith later on in life. John, yeah. you were raised in the church. Hope, mm-hmm. you were... Raised in the church. Okay, so I came to faith going into high school, but even by even by the age of 13... Man, there were parts of my life that I wasn't acting like a 13-year-old. Like, I had some mm-hmm. things that happened in my childhood that at 13, uh, when Jesus saved me, I knew he saved me. He saved me from a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: And how old were you when you came to faith?
0: I was 24. And you had a kid. Yeah, I had a 4-year-old. So I, No, I, I had a 5-year-old, 6-year-old,
1: So, when,
0: six-year-old, so sorry. when you think
1: about <laughs> that, like that story, and not not that I don't want to make the connection between the prostitute yeah. and
0: the... No, that, please, I, this is one of my favorite stories, so I'm and, not going to take offense.
1: And there's a, a beauty in that of... When when you've realized how much sin you've been rescued from, you're that much more grateful for your salvation.
0: I love, too, in a sermon you say about, like, that's like three weeks wages. She, it was everything she had. Yeah. And, and above. We even, and above. And savings. We, yes. And we hear Judas scold her. You know, greedy Judas is, like, thinking of how much money we could have sold that for. And you yeah. could have given that away. And it's like, no. That's everything, Jesus. I give you everything I have, and just like that, that preparing of her heart and preparing of her Lord and kissing His feet. Like I'm not even worthy to look You in the face. I want to kiss Your feet. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. like give, everything I have, giving everything and more. It, you know, it it goes back to like the. The Mary versus Martha story, where Martha's busy trying to prepare for Jesus and his and his friends coming in, and like cooking and cleaning and doing everything, and goes in and is eventually like Jesus, tell my sister to help me, tell Mary to help me, and he's like,
1: she's got the be- she's chosen the better thing, so, sitting with well, me. Yeah. So one of the things that's interesting in this, people for years have said, well, it's because she was a busybody. Mm-hmm. Actually, culture dictated that a woman's responsibility was to be a host. Mm-hmm. And Jesus literally said, you've chosen the wrong cultural value. Yeah. <laughs> You're choosing to honor the world's culture, which says you need to be busy. Yeah. And she's chosen a kingdom value, a kingdom culture. Like, if for those of you who are Enneagram listeners, everybody's like, oh, she must be a two. No, I think she was a one. I think she was a one. <laughs> I think yeah. she was a one saying, no, Following I have to the do rules. the right thing, right? Mary
0: was yeah. breaking the rules. Yeah. Mary was going counterculture and sitting at the feet with Jesus with the other men and learning, which was against the rules. I
1: like to think Mary was a seven- <laughs> oh, see, I
0: like to think I of actually, myself as a Mary. So I actually I don't know you. if that's true. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. but then we also talk about the debt that we have towards people, but even the debt that we have towards God, because yeah. when yeah. we try and bring glory from ourselves, we've now stolen glory from the Lord and now we're indebted to him. Like there's a debt that needs to be paid and Christ paid that.
3: Yeah. I think sometimes the the words, like going back to what you said at the beginning, I think the word sin sometimes just is kind of devalued in, the world or it's just like yeah. oh yeah sin well that's when i mess up right but it's like no i mean it's having that word the debt, right a debt to be paid the wages of sin the the payment that you owe is is so much greater than that and it carries so much more weight sometimes we don't even we don't even think about it how much like intentionally or unintentionally we um we hurt people yeah. we don't even intend it and now we are indebted to them or indebted to God it's
1: yeah sin is a it's a serious deal it's amazing how even an unintentional word can leave you in debt Mm yeah and and so then that leaves us to the third one which is trespass which uh uh, Derek made a comment he goes I never thought about trespass in like the literal sense of going someplace you're not supposed to he immediately just went he imposed it with sin Mm -hmm. and the idea of trespassing is you've crossed a line you've stepped into forbidden territory in Genesis Chapter 3, you have a literal trespass. Adam and Eve literally went someplace they weren't supposed to go and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Romans 5.17 talks about that. It was the trespass of the one man that put us into bondage of slavery. Um, Similar to debt, when we we trespass on people's dignity.
0: Yeah.
1: When we assert ourselves, when we go to things that we have no business going to. Mm. Have you ever had somebody start speaking into your life and haven't earned the right to, or they say things that they just don't realize they've trespassed. They've gone into an area that's sensitive or that they just don't know what they're talking about.
0: Yeah. There's like a, <laughs> there's a phrase in, in counseling and psychology, like you should never use should statements mm-hmm. Yeah. as a counselor. You are there to help a person walk through and continue to um, find their own answers, to come to, sure, I, just like when we do Kairos from our journey group, things that we do here at Zion, there's a, a part of it that's called a Kairos. And you you are never supposed to give the person the answer. Yeah. You're supposed to discuss with them and let them come to it. That That means so much more when they come to that realization. And so when you're trespassing and you go, you should do this. Hope, you're really good at that. You should do that. Yeah, OK, well, thanks for telling me what I should do, because now I immediately kind of don't want to do it. You know, when <laughs> yeah. we're like Derek was like, don't tell me how to do church when Pastor Jason's like. <laughs> I know how to church.
1: In. I've been churching for 33 years. Yeah, <laughs> and it's
0: like that you should statement. You immediately have that visceral reaction where you're like, I don't want to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Even
1: if you're not, you're like,
0: no, that
3: is
1: a good idea. I don't want. But to do wasn't it no. to do yeah, wasn't mine. It wasn't my idea, so <laughs> well, it wasn't
0: really that good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's and so much of uh, you know, so much of sin is about things that we've done to others and what others have done to us. And I think all of us, I think every human being, knows what it's like to feel trampled on. Mm. Mm, yeah. To feel that, and I mean, even and this is why <laughs> I'm going to tangent a little bit. This is why high schoolers and young college students, when they play marriage, mm. and they act like they're married, they do all the things that married couples are doing, and I'm like, you don't realize you're trespassing. Like you're going someplace that your heart, they were not intended to go to that place in your heart and you're willingly letting them in
0: yeah. or
1: you're doing it to them. It goes both ways. And then when they break up, and they wonder why it feels like a divorce. Yeah.
0: It's like a vampire. They, you, they need to be invited in. Like, you're literally inviting a vampire into your house. I'm sorry, I wasn't raised in the church. <laughs>
1: <laughs> as long as you don't bring up Twilight.
0: Can I come in? Uh, you oh. didn't know. Sure, Dracula, come in and hang out with me, okay. but I'm not so, going to marry you. Do you remember
1: there was a children's book called Benicula, the bunny rabbit who drained <gasps> the life force out of yes, vegetables? I remember that. No? Yeah, wow. But I
2: was raised wrong, <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a
1: vampire bunny rabbit named Benicula yep. who drained the life force from vegetables. vegetables. That
2: sounds like a bad word. I don't know. Like It just doesn't yeah. sound like, like a disease.
1: Like a weird <laughs> disease. I got the Benicula.
0: Oh, I got <laughs> Benicula on my last mission trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a shot for that. <laughs> there's an ointment. Uh, it's, it's a thing. Um, this idea of trespassing, I think sometimes there's even a part of, ooh, oh, like, okay, this is, this is interesting. When you go someplace that God hasn't asked you to go. Ooh. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh. Wow. Like trespassing like, out of his will into mm-hmm. a place that you don't belong, like serving where you're not supposed to serve. Yeah, or,
1: or, or doing feeling like you're stepping in. I mean, isn't that the nature of idolatry? When you mm-hmm. want to be somebody's God, you want to play the Holy Spirit. <sighs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Like that, I, as we were just talking about it, I thought about people. I, I've, I've had, <laughs> I've had people who came up to me when I was younger and would say, the Lord told me to tell you this. And it was clearly not the Lord. They were trespassing. Yeah. God did not invite them to go there. And they used God's name in vain wow. to get there. But I'll tell you, I've done it. Yeah. Like, that's where something like, oh, oh, yeah. I, there are times that I thought for sure I was supposed to tell somebody this. And it wasn't helpful or constructive. It was really coming out of my own brokenness.
0: Yeah.
1: And I trespassed. We're excited. And I used, or excited. Yeah. So, well, sometimes in my excitement, I'll, I'll try and speak something into somebody else's life. And the intention is good. But isn't that the funny thing about sin? You can have good intentions and still sin, yeah. mm-hmm. still trespass, still owe a debt. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, when you when you think about this idea of trespassing, um, are there areas when you think about the church where sometimes we we actually overstep our authority as a church in the world? Does that make sense? Like, are there things where sometimes we we come in and we say things and it affects our witness because we haven't been invited to speak into that. But we feel like because we're on God's mission and God wants to bring light into the darkness.
0: Yeah, mm. I think especially we, I might just be thinking about it because we were talking about women's rights earlier. But I think about like abortion, sex before marriage, uh, babies out of wedlock, things like that. And how shameful the church has had a voice times, in that at times yeah. and not all churches and not all Christians, but the general view from me, my perspective outside of the church, how I felt about it was the church hates me. Yeah. I am not good enough for here, all of these things that i have done wrong. And mm-hmm. it's just so, and it's like, when, if you think of a woman that just had an abortion, maybe is already yeah. a single mom and is struggling with whatever in her life, maybe even sexual assault, and she, who is she going to turn to? Man, I hope she turns to Jesus. Yeah. And how dare I, as a Christian woman, stand in the way because, oh, you had an abortion, and I'm going to call it your sin, and I'm trespassing, like you were saying, trying to be the Holy Spirit here and <laughs> convict her. I'm sorry, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I cannot convict.
1: Yeah, and we, and I think we still have to have a voice that speaks truth. Absolutely. But it's that shame and condemnation where, mm. and, and kind of what came to mind wasn't necessarily the abortion, but I, I yeah. agree, I think sometimes as the church... We think we need to come in and start criticizing culture, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes in the in the world, we're more known for what we're against than what we're for.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And and so you know, I I was talking to a friend of mine, and and here's what I like about this podcast: we we're going to get into some raw things every once in a while, yeah. and um, you know, it's one thing to say we're against abortion, but are you for adoption in foster care? Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a real question is, you know, we're going to stand up and I'm 100% against abortion.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I believe, I think there are maybe two instances where abortion is, may, might be legitimate, but I still believe God might do something in them, right? But the church will stand against abortion, and yet you have children who are born into situations where a poverty or drug addiction, and then we're not the ones to step up and offer, offer foster care, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or adoption and it's we had this conversation at theology on tap several years ago to say you choose life doesn't just mean life outside of the womb it mean, or be in the womb it means life outside of it.
0: i have heard yeah. women say that sometimes it feels like Christians care more about what happens to life only when it's in my womb yeah and afterwards I, you don't care.
1: And again and what that does is I think when we stand in that and I think this is a good this is a good kingdom call is we still have to speak truth yeah people need to i mean we have to be willing to say i am for life but are we doing it in shameful ways or are we are we creating the atmosphere where people are inviting us to be a part of the conversation instead of just shouting it yeah because i mean when you look at jesus jesus got invited to parties with some pretty rascally people and yeah. they liked mm-hmm. him there
0: yeah <laughs> and i think the
1: reason why they liked him wasn't just because he turned water into wine right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah there might have been a few but <laughs> there, there might have been a few um so uh, there's, we talked about this idea of assumptions, that there are, are three assumptions that happen with the Lord's Prayer. Okay? The, first of us, the first is that all of us are guilty of sin. Every single one of us. Every single one of us have trespassed. Every single one of us have owed a debt. Every single one of us have missed the mark. The second one is every single one of us has been hurt by sin. I don't know one person that hasn't felt trampled on or felt like someone stole something from their, their dignity, their worth. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a friend or a boss or a coworker, worker um, Or it could have been physical. Something physical happens. Uh, all of us have had wrongs done to us. And then the third one is all of us need forgiveness from sin. Um, Jesus makes that statement at the very end of the Lord's Prayer, and he says, if you choose not to forgive, your to forgive... You will not be forgiven, and so often that's associated with salvation. That's mm-hmm. not what that's talking about. Um, when Jesus says, "If you choose not to forgive, then you will not be forgiven." Well, if you're in Christ, that you're secure in that. It's more about that obstacle of the blessing. How does unforgiveness get in the way? Of the blessing. Let's talk about the psychological effects. Like, here's mm-hmm. the cool part: psychology is just catching up with what the Bible's been saying for for two thousand years. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like biology and spirituality. The spiritual nature of God in that spiritual realm is finally starting to overlap, and we're starting to see really cool things. But it started out like that too. If you think of science came from the church, but anyway, so you think about that. Well, some um, of the best science did. Some I of the I mean, there were yes. other people that did
1: science. The yes. science.
0: Yeah. I
1: scienced all over I this.
0: Sci- right. Science. By Aliens. the way, I'm reading Hail Mary right now, the
1: guy who wrote The Martian. Okay. And it's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so my... It's on my to-read list. I've got it. So when I'm done, if you want to borrow it, you're welcome to you borrow like it. It's super good. You're all speaking John's right, language. I'm, I'm sciencing all over the yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. All right, so finish your thoughts.
0: No, so uh, the psychology of unforgiveness is that it truly does affect the synopses in your brain. It really does truly affect the cortisol level in your body, which is what created the stress hormone. You know, it's kind of a buzzword. And it really does affect you physically because when you are in unforgiveness and you have these feelings of anger, bitterness, resentment, we all see these as negative feelings. And these negative feelings create that stress hormone that build up in your body, raise your blood pressure. It can uh, affect your cholesterol hurt your heart, affect your brain, and the the connections that you make. It can actually physically. I read a study. I don't have the citation for it. And John I Hopkins you, this, just about yeah. John Hopkins, it. that's a good one too. But there was one that talked about how it cuts off the. Um, the the part of your brain that enables creativity. Oh yeah. And the joy that you get from oh, creativity. How about that? And being able to like write good
1: music and laugh and You mean teenage angst isn't the best time angst? to write music is when well, you're unforgiving actually, and yes. angry. Whoa, well, but they're they're addressing it. They're <laughs> yeah. working, through, they're working through, it. It, yeah, through it. Yeah,
0: but if you don't address it, if you don't work through that unforgiveness, it's okay. incredible.
1: So let me ask when when you are I think, uh, so our bodies are meant to be connected to everything in us, right? And one of the things that we talk about is body awareness. Mm. So like when I know when I'm feeling unforgiveness, I know where I feel it. I feel it right underneath my sternum.
2: I feel like I'm going to throw up.
1: So literally it's like (laughs) you you feel sick. Yeah. Mm. How about you,
3: John? What do you? It just kind of feels like a volcano about to erupt. (laughs) There's just pressure. I can just just, just feel it. Yeah. I'm just like. And then do you mm, pour sand on it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my I'm just like tight-lipped, closed mouth like I don't want to say anything cuz I'm afraid it's just going to like
1: blow up. Yeah. Yeah. That bitterness, Kate, and I think one mm-hmm. of the things that we forget is the reason why science is just catching up with it is science is all about explaining the the what. It cannot explain the why.
0: Yeah.
1: And I mean, they understand the cortisol levels, but again, there's there's all kinds of studies talking about um, are we our brain or are we our mind?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like uh, there's a woman named Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and I'm, I'm reading this book from her right now called the 21 Day or 28 Day Detox Brain Detox.
0: How can you read so many books at once?
1: I, I I'm read impressed. like eight, I read like eight books. You're at chasing a
0: time. two rabbits. No, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that was a dig. <laughs> I love you so much. It was with
0: love.
2: I it was a total dig. No, actually,
1: my brain. I actually enjoy reading multiple books. Because then I start finding overlap. So right now, so anyways, I'm reading this book and she talks about that uh, materialism, which is a philosophy or scientific thought, is that the brain is just material. And when depression happens, all you need to do is just take drugs because it's just a chemical mm. imbalance. Mm. But the, the Bible talks about the brain is more than just a physical thing. There's also a mind and we have a soul and a spirit. And when it talks about renewing your mind... That, it's, that actually is our thought lives. And science can't explain consciousness. They, yeah. they don't know where consciousness comes from. Comes from? Come, comes comes from. from. Comes from. Where does it come from? Where there's, does it go? There's the word. Um, oh, no, so when we look at that, it's so different is the Bible has been telling us all along that things like unforgiveness, they're connected to our physical being because they're not just chemical reactions. Right. There is something more going on that affects the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they, this uh, John Hopkins study that I was, I was reading before uh, for the preparation for the message, it had talked about that um, they, they've discovered that when you have unforgiveness, all the different sicknesses that it leads to, and yet people who are naturally more forgiving end up having less anxiety end up being more joyful people, less oh. physical ailments. I mean, even arthritis has been linked to unforgiveness. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Oh, well. Yeah. The things well, come
3: on. It's like so many so many things in the Bible, I think people have a an averse reaction to it because it's like, well, you just it's just a list of things not to do. You just keep telling me not to do these things because they're um, quote-unquote bad for me. Like the 10 commandments is, you know, a big one, it's like well, it's just a list of things that I'm not supposed to do. Um but there's so much more to it like there's there's so many reasons like hearing about these studies like i didn't know half of the stuff about like your brain under stress and it's crazy um how many things that god intends for good it's like no it's not just because i don't want you to not forgive it's because doing so frees you to be
1: more whole. whole it's for your benefit. So many things in the Bible are like that. And well, it's just yeah. crazy. Jesus says I came that you might have life and have it abundantly, and how often when we're trapped in unforgiveness or bitterness, which bitterness and unforgiveness go hand in hand. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely.
1: Like I don't know anybody who, who struggles with I don't know anybody who freely forgives who's bitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Really. <laughs> like, right. That doesn't sense. mean
0: somebody that's better that doesn't have unforgiveness. That's
1: right. Like there there's a there's a deep connection in there, something with malice or yeah. envy, all Contempt. those things. It's it comes into all those things. Um I think one of the things that for me when I became a Christian is I had to work through my own understanding of forgiveness. But sometimes the church forces forgiveness yeah. before people have the opportunity yeah. to work through forgiveness. Yeah. And and I want and if you're listening to this and if you've had trauma in your life. You know, I, I think, and I'll just speak from my own personal experience. Jesus calls us to forgive, but he never says that it's supposed to be instantaneous. <laughs> and in fact, I, Jesus could forgive. I, I had somebody say this to me at a conference. The reason why Jesus was able to forgive on the cross was one, he's God. I mean, that's the crazy thing about God. But <laughs> two, he knew it was coming. He wasn't surprised by the cross. He had that time in the garden to prep for the wounding that was going to come. We don't know when hurt's going to come, which is why when it hits, we deal with so much pain is that we're caught off guard. I never expect for someone to hurt me. That's what
0: trauma is. All trauma means is the, it's the neurological, I can't say the word right. Neurological. Thank you. Process that happens in your brain. It's not a scale of worst to best thing that's ever happened to you. It's how your body um, reacts to your brain
1: and mind. And this is that Carolyn Leaf. Oh, that's what I was trying to get to. So Carolyn Leaf says, it's not just the brain, it's the mind Mm -hmm. because the mind is the brain houses the mind but the mind is not just the brain
0: we're vessels Mm -hmm. we're
1: vessels and so that's part of the part where science doesn't fully understand is that we can't understand how to renew mind which means when we look at things like counseling and trauma sometimes you you need both i have no problem with drugs i think and i mean (laughs) yeah
2: That that's are like prescribed by a doctor prescribed
1: for drugs. you. That's what I'm referring to. Is the right kind of prescribed drugs? Pharmaceuticals. Right? Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> that's context, the right word. Context is always important. Folks. Someone's going to take this and just edit. Jason said he has no problem with drugs. I got no problem with drugs. Coolest <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: pasta ever.
1: But this is why they found things like therapy actually works. If you want the best yeah. healing for trauma, you need therapy and drugs. If you just yes. do drugs. You're not really dealing with the trauma. In fact, you're just masking it and the trauma still exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you bring, do things like EMDR or um, dialogical, di- dialogical, 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 uh, dialectical, dialectical therapy where you talk. Oh, talk it therapy, out. Yeah. Right? And
0: what's the other one? I can't remember where it's the.
1: Oh, tap. Yeah. Like tapping stuff. I know. I'm trying to remember. There's so an actual. Sensory. There. It's a sensory therapy. Yes. Yeah. So they have all these things that show that. When you add therapy, the ability to work through things, but now when you add the Christian element, which is we believe in the Holy Spirit, yes, mm-hmm. we believe in God's Word, sprinkle
0: some truth in it,
1: right? And now you you bring in um, you bring in the modern science, which helps us understand the brain. Paul didn't know anything about the brain when he when he talked about Romans chapter twelve, renewing the mind. He had no concept of the halves of the brain, of the cerebellum, the prefrontal cortex. He didn't know any of that. He had a mindset of the brain that was a very ancient world. But the truth is still there is that there is a renewing of the mind. You can't renew the brain,
3: yeah. though the brain
1: is under construction all the time. That's another cool development they've discovered. Neuroplasticity means yeah. the brain is, can make reconnections. They yes. used to believe it was stagnant. Mm. Um, but in forgiveness, when we learn to forgive people, when we've had time to process through, when we force yes. people to forgive before they're ready, we actually can rewound them. Yeah, and I think or diminish their trauma, diminish the hurt, and tell them, "Well, you don't have a reason that you just need to forgive." And, I, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be so bold. Is it's like telling somebody who's been raped or who's experienced uh, sexual abuse as a child, "Well, you have to forgive them because the Bible tells so." That's a that can be a form of spiritual abuse because you're literally saying. God cares more about the forgiveness than the pain you're in. Yes, mm. which
0: that's, that's the that's what I was trying to make with that point about the abortion where it's like, yes, I think abortion's wrong, but you woman no, I don't who think or, I know it is. The I know. Bible clearly I says I personally, it. yes, that's yeah. what I mean. I personally hold that stance and the Bible clearly says that it is. But you person the Bible also clearly says that you are important and the pain you're yeah. in right now and the love that I'm supposed to be giving you and showing you is important too. And
1: it matters to God. Yes. Yeah. Your pain, your heartache matters to God.
3: Yeah, you know, the, the whole journey of, of forgiveness as a whole is so much longer, well, than I personally like. I, everything moves, it, despite the fact that I like to take my time and analyze things and wait things out. For, a lot of the stuff in the Bible moves very slowly and, <laughs> and takes a lot of time to really, you know, it's not just a one and done Jesus, I need to be forgiven. Cool, you're forgiven and that you don't need me for the rest of your life. No, it's a daily process, and you grow one step closer to God every time and and one day you'll look back and you'll go, i think I think I'm ready to yeah. forgive, and but it, the journey it's the whole journey along the way, yeah,
2: and well, to kind of go off of that, John too, for me personally, I know that there you know I have a certain wounds that whenever there's any sort of sermon on forgiveness, I'm like, oh, I know God's going to deal with me about this again mm. and again. And I know that it it keeps chipping away and forgiving here. I, I know that I'm working towards whole forgiveness and forgiveness how God can see it and be able to for not necessarily forget because we can't, we're human, but being able to wholeheartedly forgive this person yeah. who wounded me. And, you know, it, it's not just the one and done. It's I have to continually work on my forgiveness every single day.
1: And it's the chipping away. Like I think yeah. you, you said something that yeah. was really beautiful there. Is Sometimes forgiveness is chipping away at the, the wound until the point till eventually it's it's healed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes we want to force people, just forgive. You just Because that's what Jesus says to With do. The band-aid
2: off, and it's and, not quite so easy. And the yeah. Bible's
1: not a psychology book. And we recognize the Bible is about, it's a spiritual truth. It's talking about faith. It's talking about the most important things in our life. But here's what we're learning about trauma. I mean, trauma has so many effects now. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score where it says oh, that cool. literally our trauma is passed down through our cells to our children.
0: Okay. One of the coolest things to <laughs> think about, you want to talk about women in that maternal generational sin and blessing. Your grandmother has, as she's pregnant with your mom had your egg. So you, the trauma that happens to your grandmother when your mother is in utero affects you because you were there for it.
1: And that's, that's, physically. that's exactly what the body keeps the score talks about. It talks about yeah. cellular mm-hmm. things and there's research. So this isn't psycho, this no. isn't weird new age stuff. This is all stuff that they're discovering. And, and the Bible seems to fit this when it talks about the, the, uh, sin passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why God wants us to experience forgiveness is because the impact of trauma doesn't just affect us. It Mm. affects our children. Now, I want to end with this, and that is that what forgiveness is and forgiveness is not. Mm. We talked about this on Sunday, that some people think forgiveness means we need to be friends and have them in their life. Otherwise, you haven't truly forgiven them. No, Jesus had good boundaries. (laughs) Mm. Jesus, like, he hung out with the Pharisees every once in a while, but you'll notice his enemies weren't just hanging around him. He had really healthy boundaries with people. The people he did submit himself to was because he chose to, not because he was going to be victimized by them. Um, The other part is sometimes we think that forgiveness means we have to trust. No, when somebody hurts you and they've broken that trust, uh, the best illustration I've heard is this. Trust is like a water balloon. It's not a bank account. You don't get to withdraw money that's put in and say, well, I put in so much money so I can withdraw some trust. (laughs) Trust is a water balloon. And every time trust is broken, a pinhole is put and it continues to leak until trust is rebuilt. And so no matter how much time you, how much energy you pour into it, until that hole is plugged up, you will always be losing, even when you're gaining. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for us to remember is that Jesus never tells us not to have boundaries. Jesus never tells us that we have to be friends with everybody. Forgiveness does not mean friendship. There are some people that are toxic. Mm
0: -hmm. There are
1: some people who have done things to demonstrate that they're not worthy of your trust, of you handing over yourself and your wholeness, because you're not Jesus. You're not supposed to sacrifice your life for theirs. Um, So boundaries are healthy. And I think the big one, and and this was the one that for me, as I was prepping for this message, sometimes in the church, we forget that that the healthiest forms of forgiveness come when we're able to do self-examination first and realize, wait, maybe I need to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. maybe I've been so bitter and angry at myself I had expectations of how I lived that the reason why I can't forgive you is because I haven't forgiven me yet yeah. wow. and that's the great commandment right love yeah. your neighbor as you love, love yourself, yourself. Yeah. and so if you're holding unforgiveness for yourself no wonder you have unforgiveness for other people if yeah. you have a hard time with boundaries with other people maybe it's because you lack boundaries hmm. um, if you struggle with trust maybe it's because you're not always trustworthy because you haven't dealt with those things
3: Yes. I see the sin in everybody else It's, you know, there's some stuff unresolved with you, maybe. You're projecting. If only there was a Bible verse about Uh, that. (laughs) It's like
0: uh, the shadow work, you mean? No, I'm thinking
3: something about a log... A plank in uh, an plank eye, maybe? I don't know. Sawdust Splinter, I don't know. Something. Splinter.
1: It'll I think it's I think it might be later Forest. on somewhere in the book of the Bibles. I don't know. <laughs> in the Bibles. In the Bibles. Well, there's one Bible. The Bible actually just means library. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, it's just 66 a books. Collection it's of a books. It's a collection of books. Well, hey, we have the whole book. um, thank you so much, so much for tuning in and being a part of this. If you found this helpful, two things I'm gonna ask, and if you're listening, this would be helpful for us. One, comment on the podcast or where whatever you're listening on if it's possible comment rate it that'd be awesome share it share it with friends let people know about it we've been getting great feedback so far on the podcast and that means a lot to us um again thank you so much for your time and john do you have a question okay he he was doing the i have a statement hands and so he's coming up my name is jason thank you for tuning in hope olmstead john hopple
0: and kate hopple
1: (laughs) (laughs) And John Quigley, who sits there ever so patiently doing the peace outside. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. God bless. Make Jesus famous. And we hope to see you at Zion at the Park next Sunday. Have an awesome day.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to The Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of The Breakthrough Breakdown.